Hello, everybody. Before we start the show, I want to say thank you. Thank you to you. Yeah, you. Listening, downloading, streaming, subscribing, doing whatever you do to listen to the show. Thanks for doing so. And thanks to all the people that have left a five-star review on iTunes for me. I had somebody reach out on Twitter and goes, uh, Damn it, I don't use iTunes or the podcast app to listen, but I'd love to leave a review so it could be read in the opening buffer. But it was a tweet sent days ago. And I can't find it now, because I tweet too much. The social dilemma. Um, So whoever that guy is, thank you. And I'm sorry. I told you I would read it, and then I didn't. But I remembered, but I kind of forgot. Right? I'm sorry. But thank you. And thanks to everybody else. Uh, If you also want to support the show, I am no longer a comedian, because comedy is dead. Pretty much. I think it's just going to be a thing that happens sporadically. Kind of like illegal cockfighting. Or dogfighting. Or what else is illegal? Like bare knuckle fighting? Anyway, uh, comedy is very sporadic. We got to do it (laughs) when no one's around. We got to do it at the beach. We got to do it uh, in a parking lot. We got to do it at the park. We got to do it in backyards. So it's not uh, consistent. So I'm not a comedian anymore. I'm a YouTube content creator. Ugh. You know, if I would have known in 2006 when I got into stand-up that uh, one day I would out loud say I'm a YouTube content creator, oh boy, I would have uh, I would have signed up for some courses at uh, community college. But here we are. So I'm a YouTube content creator. How can you support? Go subscribe. Go to YouTube.com. Look me up. Type in Zoltan Cassis. That's the name of my channel. Hit subscribe. Watch the videos. Don't skip the ads. You really want to help me out? Even when you're not on the computer, just hit one of my playlists of my stand-up or the podcast clips and just let it run. Just let it run. Don't skip the ads. And, uh, you know, daddy gets the ducats. I think that's what's important here. (laughs) But, yeah, go subscribe. Go watch the stuff. Like it, share it, whatever. Um, And there's also a join feature, which is kind of like Patreon. YouTube started a Patreon thing. You can sign up at three different tiers. It's as cheap as a buck ninety nine a month to four ninety nine a month to nine ninety nine a month. Whatever your heart desires. If you don't want to do any of them, I'm not upset at you. I get it. We got a shortage of printer ink out there. We have different conflicts that need to be handled, and I understand. But uh, if you want to help, that's how to help. Other than that, keep watching Modern Mail. I posted a new clip up there, uh, a show from the park. I called it Zoltan Cassis Live at the Park. It's 20 minutes or so, I think just under. Uh, and it's been getting good views. I think we just hit, uh, it's over 10,000 views, which, not like Modern Mail. Modern Mail made it to a million two is where we're at, but I'll take, I'll take 10,000. I'll take that any day. So yeah, go watch that. Man, I really ran out of steam here, didn't I? I should be saying hit the music by now, but I'm not gonna. I will soon. Follow me on TikTok. (laughs) Follow me on all the social medias at Zoltan Comedy and uh, subscribe on YouTube. I think that's it. Now, now, let's say it together. And hit the music. This week in Zoltan. That's recording and action. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Welcome to this week in Zoltan coming at you. 
on a beautiful uh, Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It's September 23rd, and it's uh, we're alive. We're alive and well. We're alive and well, and I'm recording someplace new. I'm recording at Emma's place. That's why if you're watching this on video, it looks a lot nicer behind me. There's no painting of my own face over my shoulder. And if you're listening to this, everything's the same. I'm just, uh, I'm sweaty somewhere else. That's usually how these recordings go. Where am I sweaty today? I am sweaty in a place I don't pay rent. Um, I don't know. I'm tired. I'm tired and I'm hungry. I skipped last week. I had nothing to say. I had nothing good to say. And uh, I skipped last week. Just meandering. Just meandering. That's how I'm going to start this episode. As I have a delicious Turkish latte, thanks to Lofty. I also have a giant zit on my forehead. What is happening? That thing is ginormous. For the people listening, I'll describe it to you. Um, it's big. That's the best I can do to describe it. I don't know. It's red. It's a zit. You've seen them before. It looks like I got... It's either a zit or someone hit me in the face with a frying pan. It's one of those two. Can't wait for the YouTube comments on that. I uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I went and worked out this morning. That's what we did. You ever have one of those days where you work out in the morning? Because no one ever does it. We just talk about it. We're just like, oh, I should work out in the morning. That's what Rocky Balboa seemed to do. Everyone seems to be all about it. You hear so many people say that. It's usually like in-shape people. They're usually shirtless when they're telling you. They talk with their hands much like this, but they flex their biceps. So it's all right here. Everything's flexed and nude. And what do they tell you? You got to work out in the morning, man. Get a jump start to the day. Kickstart that metabolism. It will give you long-lasting energy that will last you throughout the day if you work out in the morning. And I got to tell you, I've done it in my life at least a dozen times where I've gotten up and worked out in the morning. Probably more than a dozen, but I'm, I'm betting the under. Uh, I've done it a dozen times where I got up. This morning we got up at 6 a.m., we went for a hike up Cowles Mountain, and I complained. I complained the moment I woke up. The first words out of my mouth were a swear, which is what it is. When the alarm goes off at 6, it's never, oh, it's never, a, it's never a bright cheer. It's never a Disney wake-up. There's no birds fluttering in to get the top sheet off of you. There's no deer trying to sneak a peek at your butt crack. There's no Disney nothing. In a 6 a.m. wake up, it starts with a four letter curse word, and that's how you start the day. Uh, we got dressed, we went for this hike. I complained during the hike, and uh, I came back starving because we didn't eat breakfast and immediately tired. I wanted to do nothing but take a nap, and I've been hungry every time I've worked out in the morning. I end up being hungry all day, no matter how much I eat. And sleepy all day, no matter how much coffee I chug. Whoever, not to knock the fitness community, but I think that's a giant myth. The morning workout, I think those guys are just jacked up on pre-workout throughout the day. I think they don't sleep. I think they're going to die before they're 60. I think they're putting a lot of strain on their heart. That's what I think. That's not a degree over my shoulder. I'm not a doctor. I'm taking a wild guess. But I'm pretty sure, uh, me doing it over a dozen times, waking up in the morning, you think once I would have had that energized pick-me-up that these 
jacked up body Donna's talk about. Never once. Every, one, every time I've done it. Starving all day and uh, very sleepy. Never, never bright and cheery. I never had the, uh, the art teacher mentality. You know what I'm talking about? There's never been a depressed art teacher. That guy's got the best job on the planet, guy or gal. Every time you went into an art teacher's class in public school, you just knew. There's no grade. It was just, did you show up? Did you try? Ah, everyone wins. That person went on a walk every morning before school, and they just had this cheery disposition. And that's because they didn't have a real job. I think that's the key to happiness, and that's the key to energy. Don't have a real job. Real jobs will slow you down. And that's how we're starting the show. I am so sweaty. I am sweating. Oh, my God. My thighs are um, moist. They're very moist, and they shouldn't be. Um, We've got a lot to talk about. There was no episode last week because I had stuff going on. I got half taken advantage of by a uh, fundraising thing. Have you ever done that? Have you ever given your time and donated to a fundraiser and you slowly realize that you're the only one not getting paid? That kind of happened to me. That kind of happened to me. I was supposed to do this virtual fundraiser uh, for some cats, you know, because that's my world. That's uh, I'm the cat comedian, so I get notified of these things. And I have no issues donating my time, doing a free set, raise some money. Yay, I'm all for it. But most of these fundraisers, they end up like taking your kindness of willing to do a free show that they can sell tickets to as like this, like you give them an inch and they take a mile. Because I had like four or five Zoom meetings to set up this one fundraising show that was going to be done virtually that I was going to be hosting. And we had like four Zoom meetings, long, hour-long Zoom meetings each time. And then they asked me to book some of the talent. They're like, we need a bartender to make a custom cocktail. I'm like, that's a good idea. And they're like, do you know any? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. And they're like, do you know any other comics? Do you know? (laughs) And I'm like, whoa, am I working for you now? Do I I get a name tag? At least give me an apron. I want to make me feel like part of the team. So the more and more it went on, the more and more I realized I was the only one not getting paid. It came to a head last week. This is why I didn't record last week. Last week we had our, our like rehearsal uh, where we all got on like, it wasn't even a Zoom call. It was something called vMix. I don't know. It wasn't, and it was a terrible platform, and it came in fuzzy for me even though I had perfect internet. And I realized I was the only one not getting paid. Because the the company that was helping put it all together was an event planning company from Glendale or Burbank or something. And I'm like, they don't work for free. This is how they make a living, putting on events, including weddings, fundraisers, funerals, bar mitzvahs, uh, whatever. That's how they, they don't do this for free. So they're getting paid. And then all the other clips from different like different celebrities or whatever were coming in. Then you kick it to this guy. And one of the clips was uh, Jackson Galaxy. I don't know if you know who that guy is. He had a show for a while. He might still have it on Animal Planet or National Geographic. He dealt with problem cats. He was like a cat whisperer, you know? 
He was the cat version of Caesar Milan. And they had a video from him, and it had a cameo watermark on the thing. Like, they clearly paid for this. Even Jackson Galaxy wouldn't give them a free two-minute video, but here I am working for these guys for essentially two months to get ready for a show where everyone's apparently getting paid except for me. And I was like, that's, that's it? I still did the show, but I was like, listen, because we're having problems with all the technical aspects, why don't I just pre-record everything and send it to you? And that was it, and I can tell they weren't happy about it because they didn't even send me a thank you email after that. But you know what? You get what you pay for. I'm willing to help any fundraiser. I'll donate my time. I have no worries. But don't take advantage of that. And don't also pay everybody else and make it obvious. Couldn't you have edited out the cameo watermark instead of rubbing it in my face? Like, hey, we asked this guy to donate 60 seconds of his time. We paid him. And we're asking you to donate a lot of your time. And thank you. Why do I get... Well, how come me? How come me? Is that selfish, what I just said? I mean, I love cats. But if I'm not getting paid, nobody is. That's how I feel about charity work. Except for where the money's supposed to go. Because the cats are supposed to get paid. So I'm good with that. I'll gladly help. Please don't take advantage of my time. But once we round up the sack of cash, it better not go to anyone without whiskers. Okay? That's where the money goes. We just take a, a, a burlap sack with a money sign on it. And we throw it at the kittens, and then they do what they do with it. We don't know. That's up to them to manage it. I was just here to help. So yeah, that was my week last week. So I was busy uh, being upset. I think that's mainly what I was doing. I was busy being upset. Um, I spent more of today upset, actually. Uh, I'm having a decent day. I don't want it to come off like I'm having some bad day. I just wanted to call out all those fitness gurus that keep saying, working out in the morning's the ticket. It ain't. You know when I get my best workouts in? Like around 5 o'clock. 5, 6 o'clock. Maybe 4. But definitely not 5 in the morning. Definitely not 6 in the morning. That's a rough workout. It's a rough wake up, and it's a rough, like, I just don't get up and go. I don't have it in me. Um... So many issues out in the world today. Is anyone talking about the massive ink shortage? Am I the only guy left with a printer? I think I might be. I might be the only guy left that still uses a printer. And I only have a printer for one reason. I, there's this like one company I used to do work for. I still do, I guess, maybe when things go back to normal. But they would have me sign a contract and they would want the hard copy. They wouldn't want like the e-document sign. They would like, no, we want you to print it, sign it, mail it to us. And normally I would do it when I was traveling and I'd go down to like the business center of some Marriott and then print it out and sign it and send it to them. But I got tired of doing that so the last time they had me do it I just bought a printer. So now I have this printer and uh, my girlfriend needed it, so I brought it over, and there's, like, low ink levels. I printed, like, 30 pages on this thing, tops, maybe 50, and the ink's almost done. So now i got to go buy ink, and there's no ink anywhere for anything. i got a Canon printer, but it wouldn't matter if I had Brother, Epson, HP, uh, IBM, uh, TNT, 
TBS, AB, it doesn't matter. There's no ink. Have you tried to buy ink recently? And I know we got a lot of problems on the earth. All right, we got a lot of problems. We got this pandemic to deal about. There's racial injustice. There's sports without fans. Um, an election's coming up. There's a lot. The, the planet's getting hotter. We're running out of water. But and I get that. And I'm not saying this problem is more important than any of those. I'm just saying more people need to talk about it. All right, because I googled it. I found like three articles. And they're, and they're from months ago. They're from back in April. And apparently there's an ink shortage because they're short on ethanol because ethanol is a key ingredient to hand sanitizer. So they're just using that for that. And then meanwhile, I can't print out a shipping label. Figure it out. I saw a guy on a motorized uh, unicycle. And he looked like a giant doofus, other than the motorized unicycle. He was just balancing on the side of the wheels, and he had a dumb traffic vest on, helmet, elbow pads, forearm pads, shin pads, knee pads. I think his ankles were taped like he was running back or something. And he looked like a doofus, but he's on a motorized unicycle. And I'm like, how do we live in a world with that, but I can't buy any ink? I could go to any generation in our entire lives and buy some ink, you know? The hardest part of buying ink used to just be finding the one that fit the thing you had. You're like, I need a DL-247. And then that was it. That used to be the hardest part, but now you just walk in and like, we don't have any black ink. Can you ship your shipping labels in color? I don't know. I gotta ask the Postmaster General if he's cool with fuchsia instead of black when printing out shipping labels. The world's falling apart. That's what it is. Uh, I live in California, as most of you know. I live in beautiful San Diego. The governor uh, of my fair state, who uh, I, I'm not not a fan of. I, uh, I, I like him. He seems all right, I guess. I know taxes are high. Uh, California is a fine place to live if, um, if you don't have anyone to take care of. Then you're good. As long as like you just live by yourself, like I do, you're fine. Just don't have kids. Don't procreate. Which I feel like that's just a safe thing to say anyway because it feels like the world's going to be over in five years. Speaking of which, the governor, just, uh, the governor of California put out a... Uh, What's that? He, he put out an executive order, which I didn't know governors could do. I thought that was a president thing. Um, he threw out an executive order that said it banned the sale of gas vehicles by 2035, which, first of all, 2035 sounds so far. Like, how optimistic is Gavin Newsom that he thinks any of us are going to be around in 15 years? I'd be, I'd be around. I'd be shocked if we were all still around in 15 months, whether it's the pandemic, the earth warming or whether or not a civil war breaks out the day after the elections. I don't see whatever situation is left that there's going to be much need for laws in 15 years. And I say that with a smile and a true like, dude, I don't, I don't think any of us are going to be alive in 15 years. And even if we are in 15 years, would there be any gas cars anyway? You know? I mean, I, I assume there'd be some. But right now, Tesla's the hottest car out there. 
Every, your friend and your friend's mother all drive Teslas, except me and you don't because we can't afford it. But for the most part, people are getting Teslas anyway. That's going to grow. And then as Teslas start getting turned in for new ones, then the poor people, i.e. me and you, will buy the old Teslas. And we can be like, oh, isn't it cool? There's no door handle. And uh, we'll be fine. But I, I, I feel like Newsom put this thing out there of... Uh, no gas vehicles as just like, uh, hey, look at me. Even though I'm, I'm for the environment and I think it will cut down on emissions and I think that's great, trying to save the planet. Yay, I grew up on Captain Planet, great TV show. Totally brainwashed me as a kid and I think the environment's important. Uh, but I feel like he's putting out an executive order. He's not even going to be governor in 15 years. He's probably eyeing the presidential election he's like oh i'll put this newsworthy law out there no gas trucks in 2035 no gas vehicles that's like if i said uh if i was an elected official i'm like i'm outlawing printers by 2050 and you're like all right i don't i i know one guy who owns a printer there's one person in each neighborhood that owns a printer and that poor bastard can't find any ink. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that would just happen naturally. But, okay, I guess you can make a law about it. That's what that sounds like. No more walking by 2065. Everything will be done on that unicycle I was talking about. You're going to be covered in uh, in elbow pads all over. you got a helmet, 17 elbow pads, and a uh, crossing guard vest, and you're going to look like a doofus, but I promise you you're not going to be doing any walking because I mandated it. Executive order. Sex can only be done with robots by 2090. I, I believe that. That might be the best way to go. I remember watching Demolition Man. That's how it went. Great movie from 1993. Wesley Snipes, Sylvester Stallone. And then when Sylvester Stallone had sex with uh, Sandra Bullock, they put on these weird helmets, and they just visualized the attack. They didn't actually get in there. You know what I mean? We're headed that way. That's where the world's going. Ink shortage. <laughs> no gas vehicles. Uh, made fun of working out. Oh, we hit a new milestone with COVID. We made it, man. 200,000 deaths in the United States. I don't know if we get to raise a banner. I don't know. I, it sounds, I like round numbers. I think what it is is just humans like round numbers. It's kind of like when you're driving a car and it hits 200,000 miles. You like take a photo of it while you're doing 85 on the interstate going, I got to post this on Instagram. Look at this giant even number. So we hit a pretty good even number. 200,000 Americans dead due to COVID. And shockingly... Uh, none of them are people that I hate. What are the odds? You know, you figure 200,000 people dying, at least one person you're like, you'd be like, good. I'm glad that one's gone. All the people I dislike, alive and healthy as an ox, apparently. Even if they're old, even if it looks like, are you? And then they're just healthy. They're just healthy all the time. Everyone that I want to see go down, not that that list is long, but the list exists. Everyone that I want to see go down is just, they look like they're popping vitamins, like they're going to outlive me. And then 200,000 Americans go down, and I'm not sad or stoked about any of them. 
I don't know any of them that passed away. I'm sure people do, and I feel for you. Sorry for your loss. Uh, but I would have thought out of 200,000, at least I would have been like, nice. No more Phil. He was a, he was a douche. You guys remember Phil? Yeah, you would have barbecues, but just give us one cheeseburger. Yeah, I used to just go to him to get rid of my least favorite White Claw flavors. Like, that guy's still alive. We didn't even get to lose that guy. We're still putting up with him. 200,000 deaths. Are we number one? Is America number one? We should be. Oh, that wasn't a fart, by the way. That was the uh, computer chair scraping against the desk right here. Of course, now I can't recreate it, so everyone's assuming that was a fart that they heard. Um, what else happened? Uh, I did some beach comedy. I did another set at the beach, and uh, it doesn't. I, like I said in the opening buffer, I am no longer a comedian. Comedy is done sporadically. Comedy... Live stand-up, even though it's coming back in some states and in other states it's still legal, in some places it's in limbo, is it, isn't it, outdoor, indoor, underground, it just feels very part-time. Stand-up comedy has somehow become like uh, dogfighting, where like you got to know somebody who knows somebody who has a backyard and they got to go do it. Like it's, like, it's like trying to score Vicodin on the streets from a dealer. You're like, do you know who, oh, you're out? Do you know where I can, can I have his number? That's what it's like finding a show. And that's what it's like for fans that want to go do something and watch a show. They're like, I have people hit me up on Instagram. Like, can you let me know when your next outdoor show is? And it's like, well, we can't really promote it because Vice shows up. The police show up. And they gotta, they like shut it down or they make you do something stupid to where you don't even want to do it in the first place. This one at the beach that I did, uh, we had it there with a vice officer. He came and he brought like a beach chair and watched the show. And how they had it set up originally was they had an inflatable projector and a stage behind that. So the crowd's here, inflatable projector, audience or comedian behind that. And that's how the show was done. And that's, uh, it was ridiculous. I uh, completely skirting around a dumb rule that shouldn't exist. And after the first comedian, the vice officer turned to the guy in charge, of, in charge of the show and he goes, you can take the projector screen down. So then we deflated it and the show went on as normal as it should have. And then this weekend, I was, uh, or last weekend, I was supposed to perform at the Comedy Palace. And the day of, I got a text saying Vice came by and they weren't happy with the setup that the Comedy Palace had done outdoors. So instead, what they're going to do is put a teddy bear on a stool on the stage and the comedians are going to do their set from like a, an adjacent patio, not seen from the audience. And they're going to tell their jokes and it's going to be performed through the proxy of a teddy bear sitting on a stool on a stage. Uh, to which I politely said, oh, I can just stay home. It's Saturday. There's UFC on. I can, I can watch people get punched in the face. Because that's what that would feel like. I would much rather watch people get punched in the face than have to perform using a teddy bear on a stage that's already outside as a proxy to tell my dumb jokes. That feels like a punch in the face. I'm sorry. I'd rather stay home, pay 60 bucks, and watch... Two fellas knock each other around. 
That's where we're at. Comedy is illegal. It's it's like underground, bare-knuckle boxing, cockfighting, dogfighting. I don't know. What else is illegal? It's, it's all that. It's all underground stand-up comedy and buying opioids on the street are now same level. So that's why I'm telling you, I am no longer a comedian. I am a, an occasional comedian, and I am now a YouTube content creator. That's right, baby. Watch out, Jake and Logan Paul. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm ready. I don't need I, I've tried to watch your channel. I have no idea why you're so popular. But you're doing it. You're doing something, and you're doing it well. And I'm no longer a comedian. I'm one of you guys. And this is why I don't want the world to be around in 2035. As my great governor uh, has made it, uh, deeming gas vehicles illegal then, uh, I don't, I, if this is the trajectory of my life and my goals, I don't want to be around. I'll be honest, Dan. I don't think any of us are going to be. So it's going to work out nice. By the way, that wasn't a vague threat in case, like, YouTube is trying to mark this against, you know, Standards and practices. Um, what else was there? Been watching football. Football's been the one joy that I've had. And nothing brought me greater joy this past weekend, other than the win by the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, than watching Bill Belichick wear his mask. That guy, he, it's amazing watching Bill Belichick because he is one of the most talented head coaches in the history of the game. He's so... Uh, he pays such attention to detail, and I, I picture him just watching film all week. But for whatever reason, he has figured out and mastered the sport of football. But he can't wear a hooded sweatshirt. He can't wear a mask. That, I, who? I'm surprised he doesn't just come out naked. I'm shocked that there hasn't been a moment where Bill Belichick has come out of the tunnel and just Donald ducked it with... The hoodie with no sleeves and nothing else, just flapping in the breeze with his mask. It looked like he cut the sleeves off his mask. That's what it looked like. He just wore it, and I got to tell you, I loved it. It was hilarious because I could tell he didn't even do it on purpose. He did it. He's like, a mask, and then he just muttered something about, you know, blitz coverages, and then he just he went out there. And I bet you none of his assistants were like, excuse me, Coach Belichick, you look like a moron. None of them said anything. They're like, he's a genius. genius. Geniuses are sometimes slobs, and he is. He, he looks like he wore everything Rocky Balboa wore during his training days. Just ripped. He just looks like he came out of a broken dryer at all times. That's what Bill Belichick, he looks like he's been drinking all night. And woke up in a broken dryer in a junkyard somewhere just with a playbook. And he's like, I got to get to this field. And they're like, you got to put a mask on first. And he's like, I will, but I'm going to wear it like a moron. And they're like, I guess. I guess you will. That was the most entertaining. Other than, you know, well, that wasn't entertaining, but everyone's legs fell off. I don't know if anyone else's fantasy football teams are ruined like mine, but we're done for. Oh, it's over. Bill Belichick, dressing like a moron. Oh, the NFL's ending racism. I don't know if you saw that. I don't, by the way, I, I think we're all on board for ending racism. I, I would hope. I think. I guess maybe it's just my social media bubble 
I think that's what it is. Everyone in, that I'm friends with is all for ending racism. But in the end zone of the NFL field, it said, end racism. And I, I just had this beautiful moment where I'm like, I wonder if that, what if that was what it took? Think about that. Like, what if the missing piece after all these years, all these decades of trying to get equality for all, the only thing we were missing was the NFL painting end racism in the end zone? That was it. That was the missing key. That was the missing piece to the puzzle. All these uh, different laws we've been fighting for and marches and protests and great leaders like Martin Luther King speaking, giving amazing speeches that are still repeated today. What if all it really took was some field maintenance guy in one of those ride-on tractors to paint end racism in the end zone and some Klansman's at home drinking beer watching football and reads that and just slowly removes his hood and goes, it's time. Maybe that's what it all, that, that's all we needed. We just needed to paint it on the field. I'm telling you, I feel like this country would be a lot better if, uh, if baseball was America's pastime again. I think that's what it's missing. I think over the last couple decades, maybe more, maybe more than the last couple decades, America has become football first. And I think we would get along better with each other if we watched more baseball. Because baseball, football is every Sunday is do or die. Every game, because there's only 16 of them, means the world. Every play during a football game means everything. You got to fight for every inch. With fantasy football, every time someone catches a ball, you're like, who was that? How many points did we get? Who, uh, it's, uh, and then that kind of tension, the tension that I feel when I watch the game is the tension that's going on out in the country. And I'll be honest with you, I don't have that tension when I watch baseball. I enjoy baseball. It's a game. I hope they win. But the baseball season, when it's normal, is like 163 games, 62 games. It's a lot of games. You can lose like 30 games in baseball, probably more. You can lose like 70 games in baseball, 50 games, and still be like, it's all right. There's another game tomorrow. And the day after that, and the day after that, we're playing two games in one day. So chill. Everything's going to be fine. We need to adopt that mentality because now every time an issue pops up, we just fight it like it's football. And it's like, there's only 16 games and I hate you. And that's what we've divided into. Like, uh, whether it's politics or social divisions, it's sports now. It's sports. I'm on this team. You're on that team. Whatever issue comes up, your side says this. I hate your side. So even if I agree, I still hate you. So I say, nah. And that's not a baseball mentality. That's a dumb football mentality. That's coming from a football fan. Listen, I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I love the Steelers. And that means I will always hate the Baltimore Ravens. I have no reason to hate Baltimore. I've never been to Baltimore. Their coach seems like a good guy. Lamar Jackson's an amazing talent. But I hate them. Why? Because it's Baltimore. And that's what the world is. That's what this country is. I hate you because you're on that side. But what if I have a good point? It doesn't matter. You're the wrong color. You're the wrong animal. You're an elephant and you're red and I'm a donkey and I'm blue or vice versa. Or you're one of those people that goes, I'm a libertarian, which by the way, jump off a bridge. 
Alright? You're not helping. You're essentially... You're almost as bad as the guy going, can't we all just get along? Which is essentially what I'm saying. So I guess you're as bad as me. But America could use some baseball. Go. Go watch a game that doesn't matter. I think that mentality might help us out a little bit. Watch a game knowing that if you lose, there's another one to be played. As opposed to football, where if you lose, you cry, and your day's ruined, and a coach gets fired. <laughs> Baseball, everybody. Um, I'm going to leave you guys with this final thing. Uh, I watched... I watched that movie that everyone, remember that movie everyone got mad at? Cuties on Netflix. I watched that one. I watched it because everyone was like, this thing should be taken off Netflix. So I'm like, well, I got to watch it. Why is it? Why? Why Why do you want it to be gotten rid of? I read on Twitter, everyone hated it because the movie was about 11 year olds twerking. And they're like, well, this is going to feed into the pedophiles. And, uh,. I watched the movie, and if you watch that movie and you think this was just like some kind of entertainment for pedophiles, uh, you missed like context. Like it's done in context. This movie wasn't made for pedophiles, just like uh, Schindler's List wasn't made for a, a Nazi's enjoyment. They're telling a story. The story of Cuties was uh, this girl, this young girl who grows up in a really strict household religious household she grows up muslim and she notices how strict it is and she meets these new friends at her school that are really into dancing and they it's like provocative you know rump shaking dancing the twerking and she's like oh this is so different from what i'm used to in my household i'm gonna do this and then uh, she ends up not liking that world too much and at the end of the movie she decides to not go to this religious wedding she was supposed to go to and she decided not to go to the dance competition and instead, she went outside and played double dutch like an 11-year-old. It's a good story. It's talking about how dangerous, how much we sexualize women in our society and how uh, strict religion can be and how it, tough it must be for a kid to choose to live in a society where both of those things are happening in their world. That's what the movie was about. But there was 11-year-old butt cheeks. Yes, there was 11-year-old girls dancing. You know what? I watched it. The whole movie. 90 minutes. And I'm proud to tell you, I learned I'm not a pedophile. Zero erections during Cuties. I was not upset. My biggest complaint with Cuties was that it was in French, so I had to read a lot. That's my biggest complaint with the movie. What happened to dubbing? Remember when they used to dub movies? Like, you used to watch, like, an old kung fu movie, and they would dub it in English so you, could, you didn't have to read. How about that for Cuties? But anyway, watch the whole movie. Zero attraction to 11-year-old girls twerking, so yay for me. And then the next day I go on Twitter and Ted Cruz is suing Netflix over the movie, so apparently he had very different results. I watched it for 90 minutes, saw the story. Zero percent attracted. Ted Cruz the next day sues Netflix, which is pretty much saying you're mad at your own reaction to the movie. I mean, maybe. Just putting it out there. I'm not saying that Ted Cruz is a pedophile. I'm just saying that if Ted Cruz was evil, he definitely has the face for it. Look at it. Everything on his face points down. Just it's like his nose and chin are just two thumbs down. 
on his face. Just boo. Just boo. 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 I don't know. Cuties. I think it's just the change of the times. I think that's what it is. That is what 11-year-olds twerking is pushing the envelope today. And this might be a weird comparison, but in the 1950s, Elvis' first time on television was like on American Bandstand or the Merv Griffin Show. They filmed him from the waist up because he would rock his hips and they thought women would explode <laughs> with joy. They thought it was immoral. They thought women would lose their minds at home. So they filmed him from the waist up. And that was not that long ago. That was in the 50s. So here we are in 2020, 70 years later, and now it's 11-year-olds twerking, but they're telling a story. I, is that a fair comparison? I don't know. But it was the first thing that came to head. It's the first thing that came into my head. They're like, there, there's girls dancing. And I'm like, yeah, Elvis used to shake his hips, and people thought that was a big deal. Why? Because the 1950s, everyone was like, mm. Everyone had a stick in their butt, you know? Maybe if they twerked a little more, that stick would have fallen out and they could have filmed Elvis at a full body shot. Once again, just putting it out there. Um, I think that's it for the show. <laughs> I think that's all I have. Yeah, that's the show. Uh, one more thing I'm going to read. I want to give a shout out to the cat person level people on the YouTube uh, join page. It's essentially the Patreon that helps support me as a performer. Um, you can go on there. There's four levels. There's a buck ninety nine. There's four ninety nine. There's nine ninety nine. That's the cat person level. So a special thank you to these following folks: Laura Nystrom, Elena, nineteen sixty at live, Stephanie M, Julia Vina, Isa Don, Ellen Chestnut, Renea Spalding, Dustin Henson, Craig Rappaport, Sam Marcos, baby. Judy Dean, Ema Catherine, Maya, Marilyn RX, Diane Norton, Laura Rolfson, Annette Bailey, uh, uh, Mary Garrison Quay, Sarah Zanto, Tat P. Allen, Nugent, Lauren Horstra, and Danny Cox. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to support yourself, uh, go subscribe to my YouTube page and look into joining. Hit that join button and figure it out. Anyway, that's it for us. I'm stuck to everything because I'm sweaty. But uh, chow? Yeah, I think I'm going to end it with a, a solid chow. Chow.